0: Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hello, all. Dr. Natalie Keith. Oh. <laughs> 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 I love us already today.
1: <laughs> Dr. Josiah Dame.
0: And this is Vet Tales.
1: Vet Tales. Oh. I
0: was listening back to our your podcast we did last time and i was like i cut him off a lot
1: <laughs> we're gonna be no better today <laughs>
0: not at all. nope none at all all right okay
1: did you catch the dugtales reference i did <laughs> okay
0: yeah i did okay. i mean i'm a kid of the 80s so <laughs> we were all about the ducktails. yeah we should probably interject some more songs throughout the uh
1: Oh, we're gonna get copy stroken
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna record us for Facebook too. Let's just. Copy striked. Uh, what?
1: <laughs> get copy striked by Disney. Oh gosh. Because <laughs> that's know, a
0: real thing.
1: <laughs> what I sang.
0: Oh my So goodness. beautifully
1: matched the. Yeah. Perfectly.
0: Yes, it did. Yeah, so we're gonna have some emails, ugly emails, I'm sure.
1: You <laughs> see. Once
0: that. Disney <laughs> finds out that all forty five of our listeners <laughs> are using Ducktail oh gosh okay for real though i'm gonna lie to this i think the my facebook people are sad that we don't do these anymore so okay today's
1: topic we
0: are going to talk about blood work yeah blood work routine blood work specifically but then like what ends up not being routine about
1: it yeah per se. and why we're asking you to do blood work
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah. it's it could be a really expansive topic, but we'll try to kind of keep it. I mean, it's a two-semester situation in vet school, so.
1: <laughs> us keeping it. <laughs> yeah, <us>
0: keeping it. is <laughs> laughable. Yeah, it is laughable. At very best. Okay. All right. So, first of all, who are we recommending blood work for?
1: Yeah. The first time your pet will most likely get blood work is when they get spayed neutered. Yep. So, that will be the first time they kind of see blood work. And it might be the final time if they're healthy until they are seven. Yeah. When they become geriatric is when we start saying, okay, yearly blood work is recommended. Yeah. Routine,
0: Um, annuals, as opposed to just pre-anesthetic, which is kind of what the spay thing is. But, you know, if like you have a little dog that needs their teeth cleaned, you know, at four, you know, that's another time. Yeah. We always do blood work before anesthesia, not any different than your human doctors. Mm -hmm. Because, because Why?
1: Because we want to make sure that organ function is functioning appropriately. We want to make sure that you have enough blood in platelets. Mm-hmm. Platelets help you clot. So if we remove a tooth and your dog's bleeding a significant amount, we're not panicking going, we should have done lab work. How mm-hmm. many platelets does this dog have?
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it helps us tailor their anesthetic needs mm-hmm. and be aware of any challenges we may yeah. encounter along the way to minimize side effects or risk. You know, nobody... You know, even I had a client yesterday I was talking with this about and she was just has a little Frenchie for a neuter and she was like nervous about his anesthesia. And I'm sitting there telling her, you know, yeah, I get that. I know that statistically it's like somewhere around 0.012 percent or, you know, like one in 2000 or in that Mm -hmm. ballpark of complications from anesthesia. But when my dog has to go under sedation for his, you know, he had a little growth on his tummy and he's had dentals, like, I'm a, like, I do not love it.
1: I'm putting off my dog's dental currently a so, little bit, which is do as we say, not as we do. Not, not putting off, putting off. He's he just came due for it. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, all right, what day am I going to have a panic attack?
0: Right. Let me pick a convenient <laughs> day to be pe- completely stressful. <laughs> Let me out.
1: schedule this stressful day <laughs> because we get it. There are children. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's just'm it's it's I, I think you could put it in the same category as like flying for me like i know that airplanes are super safe ish <laughs>
1: did you see the door that i know the well bong? and
0: my husband he knows a lot a lot of people because he guides white-tailed deer hunts and so he meets people from all over the country mm-hmm. and and like through horses and you know dentistry and all that stuff and uh, he has recently met a couple of commercial airline pilots, and he's bringing back these terrifying <laughs> stories. But anyway, most people get where they're going, right, mm-hmm. pretty safely. And yet, still, safer I, than driving. Mm, safer than driving, and I still have a pan attack, yeah. panic attack. Panic so, attack. I didn't before I had kids.
1: That, and
0: yeah. The, yeah, I like, and I was like, YOLO, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we go down, we go down. But now that you have kids, you're like,
1: I already had anxiety, and then I had a child, and then and I went, it was like, this is a next new level. level.
0: <laughs> of anxiety.
1: Because now I'm anxious about me and him.
0: Yeah. Exactly. What's going to happen to him? I was low-key on the – I was on the plane and getting ready to go and my husband it called, you know, like, okay, I mean, I'm playing, yeah. you know, do the thing. And <laughs> this isn't a therapy podcast at all, but here That's we funny. go. Here we go. We were at dinner with some of my friends, like, or you know, our mutual friends and their kids. And my daughter had like snugged up to the to the wife and and, and whatever. And he's like, I can't pull Madeline off of her. She just, I was like, she'll be okay if I die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I made a bash.
1: She's back. She's on Oklahoma soil. So
0: anyway, point of all of that is that we understand that anesthesia is anxiety giving, even though statistically it's very safe. Yep. Hey, morning, LJ. Haven't seen you in a while, friend. Anyway, sorry, sidebar from the Facebook notification. So what you know, we're really trying to do, again, is just mitigate risks yeah. and make it as safe as possible so we don't have regrets about what we might have done differently had we known a patient's blood work looked a certain way.
1: Yeah, and when they're coming in at 6 and 12 months, that's the first time that we've seen those labs. And personally, vet tail, I've had a lot of Yorkies that I've oh. been like, oh, your liver values are up. We can still neuter you today, but we need, and you are probably a crypt orchid. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Because we will want to see you back to investigate maybe if they have a, a lover shunt. Yeah. And so it, it catches those diseases earlier when you want to catch them. Yeah. Because you don't want to be eight. And then catching a the liver shun because then a lot of the damage has been done. Yeah, absolutely. If you catch it earlier, you can refer for surgery. You can do yeah. a lot more.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, and the same goes for some breeds with like clotting issue propensities like the Great Danes, Great Pyrenees, and Doberman. We're looking for different reasons why they may not be clotting well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you never know what you're going to come across.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's so worth it.
0: Yeah, it is. If nothing else, just to say you did, you know, all the things you could do to make it as safe as possible.
1: Exactly. Because,
0: yeah, that's that's the name of the game. And and it creates a beautiful baseline. It does. So as that pet goes down the road of time, we can look back and say, like, there are some dogs, for example, that have a genetic propensity, and which you can actually find this on DNA tests. It's a gene yeah. code that causes their ALT to be abnormally low. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun thing if you're thinking about DNAing your dog. If you go through your veterinarian to do that, we have the capability of doing a bunch of like gene markers and interpreting them in a way that's different than mm-hmm. like just like, oh, my dog is half this and half that. And they can tell us, like, hey, this dog's blood work is gonna be weird because of this.
1: Yep. And like personally, my dog Hannah, I think I've done I've done lab work on her since she was like two. Well, she got spayed, so we did lab work then, but I had done it pretty frequently until recently, but I had done it frequently and she always ran high on her BUN. Yeah. And I was so freaked out the first time that I saw it, but then you kind of trend them and watch them throughout their life. And you're like, Oh, she just naturally her BUN's just like three points higher than what it should be. Yeah. But it never moved. So it's like, okay, maybe she's just, that's just her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Max is a similar story (laughs) in the sense that we had brought in a new piece of equipment that ran what's called an SDMA. For those of you who are not familiar, it's basically a very sensitive kidney test. And and they were like, Hey, we need a normal dog to check. Or, you know, and then we sort of like, okay, Max is in the office. Here's my normal dog. Here's my normal dog. He's five. <laughs> Lol. So he was elevated on his SDMA and his urine specific gravity was quite low indicating his kidneys weren't functioning properly. So I put him on a kidney diet. Turns out I think he's like a mild form of diabetes insipidus, but I monitor his blood work twice a year and he never changes. Mm -hmm. So we just keep a really close eye on that.
1: Yeah. So baselines are like probably the number one reason. And then, you know, we have that stay neutered lab work and then we have our Ehrlichia dogs that we check. Oh, that's, a good, one. We that's check a good one. and recommend checking yearly. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge baseline recommendation because when they get to the age of ten, they're like 200
0: percent more likely, more
1: likely to develop kidney disease. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, and in again, the acute
0: stages, you can have all the CBC, you yeah, know, infectious pl- clotting changes. issues, platelet things. All and that. so
1: we—that's why we're like, hey. Let's check that once a year just so that if there is a kidney issue, we are catching it early. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Early detection is paramount because mm-hmm. so many times that's not the case. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we've got our Lickia dogs that we're checking annually. We've got pre-anesthetic that we're doing constantly. You know, I mean, anytime before <coughs> an anesthetic event. And then we also have our geriatric or senior pets. And that's a huge shift in the recommendations so now we're just recommending them every year you know either so like some dogs will come in for their their wellness exam or they're getting like their vaccines or their heart test or their fecal or dewormer all that stuff and they may want to do blood work at that time
1: mm-hmm.
0: or a lot of times what i actually encourage people to do is have that visit at one time and then six months later do the other because that for one it's not so much on the dog or cat as it were and then the other big thing is that now i'm looking at this pet and weighing this pet and listening to this pet twice a year because yeah. diseases happen as the pet ages just like a vehicle you know with more miles starts to break down and so you want to catch things like the heart murmurs and the, the elevation of the kidney enzymes or the the rapid weight loss yeah. or whatever the thing is and
1: things can happen so fast like you owners are always like did I miss something and I'm like no yeah. I'm like this can happen this quickly yeah where it's just yeah, and so it, it's nice to see them more often
0: yeah so another like tale is uh situation so there was like i think he was only eight and he came in for routine lab work and he was just going to do a senior screen and when we do those senior screens we actually throw in some kind of imaging because what what does not show up on blood work is cancer. cancer yeah jinx it's like yeah it's so frustrating and so we do imaging on them to look for tumors so we run the blood work on this dog and he's a little anemic. Uh, he had less red blood cells than he should have. And I went, oh I bet that's mm-hmm. a spleen tumor. And so we went to ultrasound and sure enough, there was his gigantic spleen tumor. So we ended up actually being able to take it out before it ruptured because a lot of those spleen tumors, they, there's no symptoms until they're critical. You know, they're mm-hmm. bleeding out. And um, that's, not, that's not the time you want to find out that your animal has a tumor is when they're bleeding out in their emergency status. So we were able to remove the spleen, and that patient actually did pretty well for several years. It didn't metastasize or anything like that. I have seen them on the flip side of that, though, where they come in, they're anemic, their belly is full of blood because a giant tumor's ruptured, and there was no signs leading up to that. It's the same for you know, liver cancer. There's no symptoms until it's really bad. And and I mean you see that in human medicine as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a a really good reason to just like do the routine stuff to again to avoid regret of having missed something that was manageable at an earlier stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think the end of that
1: thought. Yeah, and then for a really commonly I feel like we find kidney disease yeah. most of the time when we're checking yearly labs which uh, you know we're doing it yearly And then if your dog, we do find that it has kidney disease, that's just going to increase our recommendation of how often we check that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So Irish staging is fancy organization that decides, you know, this is how you grade a kidney disease. And so when they're stage one, there's not much to do other than we'll see you back sooner. Make sure they have fresh water. Yeah. Make sure they have fresh water. We'll see you back sooner. It might be like Natalie's dog that's been in stage one, I think. For five, He's
0: almost five, 12, so, yeah, six, six, seven six, seven
1: years. So that's the dream. But, you know, we're like, okay, you know, let's recheck in three to six months, you know, check those kidney values. Three months is kind of gold standard, but we understand yeah. that.
0: Especially when you first find it because yeah. you don't know how fast it's changing. When you don't have anything to compare it back to within a recent amount of time, you know, if that dog hasn't had blood work since it was a puppy. Yeah then you're basically flying blind as far as how quickly this could be changing.
1: How quickly it'll progress. And, you know, if they're not clinical, okay, we'll see you back in three months. And then, you know, okay, great. We caught them when they've gone into stage two. Now we're going to ch- do some lifestyle st- changes. So it's just trying to catch things as they go. Yeah. And then for the liver stuff, that's another one that I feel like we find commonly find. Yeah. That could just be so many
0: the liver <laughs> makes me so angry.
1: <laughs> it it's can be such nothing. a, it's a
0: brat. <laughs> the liver will throw these wild numbers over absolutely nothing because yeah. it just got upset one day, and then it can be in complete like tumor ridden status, and the blubber's completely gone. Yeah, yeah, it's just not fair.
1: Or it can go one week, well, it works normal. The next week, completely abnormal. And the, the animal is critical. So. Yeah,
0: and then sometimes it's reversible, sometimes it's not.
1: Yep.
0: <clears throat> another tale was a: I met this dog. She'd been on she's probably eleven year old lab when I met her, and she had been on carprofen for quite some time. Or Remedil is another name for that drug, if you're familiar with it. And she came into the clinic in complete liver failure. Was a referral from another kind of you know clinic in our area and and they sent her to us for critical care and she survived she came out of it and she did great for a couple of years we just had to keep her up insides oh that's another one we didn't even talk about that blood work yeah yeah, routine blood work for medication for medication management yeah so non-steroidal anti-inflammatories steroids benobarbital those are the big ones yeah because we're looking to make sure that the kidney and liver are still in a good place to be handling them and there is some it's basically idiopathic liver inflammation that happens specifically mostly in labrador retrievers as a response to non-steroidal anti-inflammatories especially carprofen less so daramax although i don't think the statistics are like hugely different yeah um so, so we yeah. check them. Yeah. We just check them every six months because, above all else, do no harm.
1: Yeah. And so, and then if we notice, you know, creeping values, we'll give you some other options, mm-hmm. which now we have more.
0: Yeah. Is the galloprant's nice in the sense that it's, an, it's like an a non-steroidal anti inflammatory, but it is processed through the GI tract, not the kidney and the liver. So dogs can be in kidney or liver disease or have kidney or liver disease and still take galloprant safely. Yeah. Yeah. Although Max gets the runs on it, <laughs> to be honest. He cannot take it.
1: And then we have LaBrella. So then LaBrella <laughs> is what Max
0: is on. Yes. Which is not an anti-inflammatory, but it is a pain reliever.
1: Yes. And it's a once-a-month injection. It's pretty much brand new. Dogs are doing really well on it. And a lot of my dogs that are on it have been able to come off the pills completely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which has been cool. It's your favorite class of drugs too yeah, it's a monoclonal antibody yeah super cool
0: yeah it's the monoclonal antibodies have been revolutionary over the past you know what like four or five years whatever cytopoint came out I think was the first one
1: yeah cytopoint we currently have a parva one mm-hmm. there's labrella and there it's a pancreatitis one.
0: And the cat silencia
1: cat silencia, which, which is, is
0: labrella, yeah, for arthritis and cats
1: because we forget about cats. No,
0: I know. I was kidney. like, <laughs> I was like, the kidney dog the is, kidney all about cats. is, yeah, nearly all cats, although some little old Yorkies yes. and stuff. I have one that has had this dog is defying all like the textbooks, just throw him out because mm-hmm. he just is not going to follow that. He has had. He's iris stage four renal disease, grade five heart murmur, congestive heart failure, and has been that way for probably two years. And I think this dog is like 17. He's just this little bitty kind of, I I, I think he's like a Yorkie plus Minpin or something. I Mm -hmm. don't know. He's kind of a deer-like Yorkie. But anyway, that little dog just keeps it going.
1: The energizer, buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then- A couple other medications that we monitor lab work for is going to be hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism, which is going to be methimazole and levothyroxine. Mm -hmm. And so that's another one that we're going to be monitoring work.
0: Yep. And then the diabetics. So, you know, it's nice to do the routine lab work because now with cats, if we can catch it early before they're sick, if your cat is developing type 2 diabetes, there is an oral liquid that is changing the game. We no longer have to rely on injectable insulin to manage these cats, and you can actually uh, nearly, I mean, and some of them actually correct their their type two diabetes and put them <laughs> into what we would call like remission, which is the goal. Which is the goal just with get cats?
1: Of everything. Dogs, yeah. just, Dogs, just, just tough manners. No, Mm-mm. but cats—if you can get them into remission, heck, yes. Yeah. And previously, there was there was one you know particular medication that had a chance of getting them into remission. More likely. Are you talking about Prozinc or are um, you talking about Bexa? Glargine.
0: Oh, I forgot about
1: Glargine. Oh, yeah. But now with this new medication, it's cheaper than Glargine.
0: Yeah, because Glargine was like $400 a bottle, which is why I forgot about it. Yeah,
1: it's extremely expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this medication is cheaper when you look at how long it lasts and the potential of it is. And it's oral. It's oral.
0: First so it's- time that's ever happened. It works in a totally different mechanism, a whole different kind of I don't know, mode of action, I guess, in in terms of managing the diabetes, which is a little scary at first, you know, just because it changes what we're monitoring. Now with that, we're actually more likely <clears> to be <throat> monitoring urine yep. and blood sugar versus, you know, your actual like ketones like in the doing blood. Herbs Yeah. too. So Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, if you catch your animals, cat specifically at that early stage with your routine lab work. Never like you could, on insulin. Yeah, you could yeah. save yourself so much heartache. Yeah. If you have a fat cat, we're talking to you. Me. and Yes, I'm looking <laughs> directly at Dr. Damon as a fat cat. I watched My it. cats are <laughs>
1: athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they are. I know. I've then seen then they mine. try to jump over <laughs> fences I, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, you can't get off the ground.
0: Dude, mine will literally plot on baby deer. <laughs> They'll sit there and wiggle like they're going to – Pounds? I'm like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> but they bought bar- they have brought back some pretty big prey. Dang.
1: Uh-huh. My cat is so fat. I went home that day and I was like, guess what, buddy? Uh-huh. You will get treated if you have diabetes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, yep. I won't
1: have to give you injections.
0: That's right. Woo! <laughs> that's right. So anyway, so that's another really common reason that we're doing blood work. You know, so I guess just a quick recap, you know, we're looking for infection, inflammation. Anemia, clotting disorders, liver disease, inflammation of the pancreas, kidney disease, diabetes. I think I named them in the order from top to bottom when we look at the screen. You did? Yeah. It's just so, so powerful what we can learn about the body from blood. Yeah.
1: Which is wild. Yeah. And we, our patients can't be like, I feel exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell us that. Yeah. We can, we can find that out from context clues and from exam sometimes, but like they can't like go in and describe how they're feeling to us the way that we describe to our doctors. So it's, yeah. it's very helpful to have the lab work.
0: Yeah. 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 The external signs are often not evident until disease is severe, yeah. like anemia. You know, you're not going to see it until they're very anemic yeah. or if they have liver disease, you're not going to see it. Until they're either vomiting or jaundiced mm-hmm. or icteric, as we call it. and you know, and so on and so for the diabetes, you're not going to notice until they've lost 30% of their body weight and they're drinking you out of house and home and peeing on your carpet when they've not done that. you know so you're gonna have really advanced symptoms before you're gonna be able to see it without lab work.. Yeah. So when we recommend it, it's because we care <laughs> and because our job is so much easier if we catch it before they're dying, Yes. To be honest. And so, yeah, we just want your pets to have the best, uh, I guess, you know, opportunity at staying healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. So, exactly.
0: Which is what y'all want. Yeah. The best opportunity at staying healthy. Yeah.
1: Because so, it tends to be cheaper if you catch it early.
0: That's no lie. It's, yeah, it's because financially. financially it is.
1: It, it, it seems like a lot up front, but it is worth it if you catch it early.
0: Yeah, it really is, and not to mention, like it's hard to put a value on adding years to your pet's life. Yep. yep. <laughs> so that's important to think about. And you know, work, i can't speak for everywhere by any means, but here it's about 115 bucks for a full panel, and that's a CBC comprehensive. Your aren't inside clips or like. Sixty dollars, I don't know, but you know, so, you know, somewhere in those those ranges. Uh, so it's not the end of the world to do that once a year and, and just budget ahead for it. Sometimes insurances will cover certain blood work for certain reasons. So depending on your policy and your company and all that jazz. As always, I like to just throw out, you know, pet insurance is a great idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So the policy advisor.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like P A W.
0: Yeah. Policyadvisor.com, and it's like Travelocity for pet insurance because we're not insurance salespeople. We don't deal with the policies at all. We just yeah. see the relief on our clients' faces when they are dealing with a problem that now they don't have to fit the bill for financially because they have insurance. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. It's worth it.
0: Yeah, veterinary medicine just come so far that yeah. it's not just penicillin and steroids anymore. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to be able to offer them what is available, it can be expensive. Mm-hmm. So, again, back to routine blood work. Routine blood work is not that expensive and can save you a lot of heartache down the road. Yeah. Anything else?
1: No, I think we were concise.
0: We were concise. I was like, we're under 30 minutes, and I don't think we circled back. I don't
1: think we did. That might
0: be your first. Okay. All right. Well, uh and we even talked about airplanes. I know. <laughs> and had our own mini therapy session. All right. Okay, guys. I'm going to end the uh video first and then we're going to sign off. You guys have a good Bye, one. Guys. If you need us, um you know where to find us. Bye.
1: Bye.